0: You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South
1: Birmingham. Except no Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall, number 416. My name is Nick Hart and we speak, we are gathered on the internet in the aftermath of a really strong away win last night for the Lions at Sheffield United. Um, the starting 11 for Millwall, um, similar, but one or two strategic changes from the, the debacle on Saturday. In goal last night, Bart Bielkowski across the back line, Sean Hutchinson, Dan Ballard and Jake Cooper on the wings, the wing backs, left side, Scott Malone, Peroxide, Blonde, Scott Malone. And on the other side, the Mr. Reliable, Ryan Leonard, Reliable Ryan. Um, the midfield seems to be Gary Rowett's preferred Double-headed midfield. That's uh, the two Georges, George Savile and George Evans these days. Up front, a player that I like, Shea Ojo. Um, in the middle, uh, the returning Tom Bradshaw in place of Benneka Fobe, who sat on the, on the bench last night. And then the man himself, oh, Superman, Mr. Jed Wallace, in his roving role on the right side of the, of the attack. We go from a debacle to one of the best away displays seen for some time by a lion's side, such as the, the lot of the Millwall fan, dear listeners. Um, it was a really enjoyable game last night. Scoring opened on 10 minutes with that um, wonderful uh, cross, or was it a shot from the right side by Jed Wallace that um, seemed to, you know, mutate from one into the other and drift into the net over head of the Sheffield United goalkeeper, putting us one up. After that, Sheffield United slowly, for me, started to take control of the first half, including um, a really decent save on, on 27 minutes by um, by Bart Bielkowski. As the half wore along, I thought, you know, increasing the pressure was turning on, the screws were turning. And in the end, we did indeed concede that penalty on 42. Scott Malone clipping, uh, I think it was Billy Sharp on the right side of the penalty area, allowing him to convert the penalty for one each at halftime. I must admit I felt a sense of real injustice, which is a tribute to the, the mill performance at halftime as as we you know left the pitch. But I did fear, I don't know about you dear listen, I did fear a long second half in front of us. And so it started there were chances you know really early for Sheffield United. Um, but a game turned with a decisive as it would finish to be uh, sending off on on the 53rd minute Gibbs White for the Blades taking a Swan Lake style dive worthy of Rudolf Nureyev in his, in his pomp um, on 53 and the referee did well to actually spot it and hand out a second yellow card, which led to uh, Sheffield United going down to 10 men. Now, as my notes normally record it, we, you know, I asked a question, can we exploit that 10 man situation? We normally struggle, don't we? For reasons that are too deep to go into on this show, we seem to struggle against 10 men. But in fairness, Mill did um, take control of the game, and we started to look dangerous, exploiting that extra man. But it has to be said that Sheffield United equally decent, some decent players on their side, and they they changed tactics and they looked to hit us on the counter attack. And the game really could have gone either way through the the whole of the second half. There were chances for both sides up until that decisive, wonderful strike deep in in the uh, injury time, ninety plus two. When the ball fell to Rocket Jake Cooper on the edge of the D, his shot being slammed home with authority into the net, causing ecstasy in certainly in my house, probably in your house too. Certainly on the away travelling, the, the the plucky 500. Well done to them for travelling so far north for that midweek fixture. Um, you've seen the pictures, the uh, the the Superman thing that Jed did in the first half, and then the the the, the collaborative celebration of players and fans after the second one went in the net. This is what Millwall's all about. If we're going to succeed in this division, dear listeners, it's that sense that fans and players and management come together because individually, as we saw last Saturday, um, separate, we we fall um, united, we stand so to speak. Um, So in the end, an excellent 2-1 win for the Lions on the road at Bramall Lane. Coming up after these messages, I'm going to be speaking to Mr. Michael Avery to chew the cud of last night's excellent away win that leaves us in 10th position in the table. Just three points off the playoffs. We'll be back shortly.
2: Hello, Nick. It's Barry Moody. I've been thinking about the weekend watching that Saturday, which is very disappointing. I know you've had a few people on about it, but what I can't understand is why we don't attack more. And that's what's getting to us. And I don't know what he's done with Joel Savile. Everyone's started, where all sitting in the dockers now, they start to turn on Jules Savile. I don't think it's his fault. I think what's happened, he's playing Joel Savile in a more of a defensive role. And when he played for us before, he was getting forward, behind, he was getting into the box behind the strikers. So I don't understand what Gary Wright's doing there. And as, as for young Cooper at the back, I don't know what's happened to the lad at the moment. He's just really seems to be struggling at the moment. Whether he's trying too hard there to get it right, but and as I say, overall our attacking the boy from Liverpool does look good, but he tends to I think try to do to try and do too much. But it's only one defeat. The next two games are going to be very important. But I think if we do lose both then, then I think he could be in a bit of trouble. You know I do like the man, but looking at some of the football we're playing, they're not creating chances. It does get a bit frustrating, as you know. Anyway, I thought that's my pen of Nick, Nick, all the best, mate. What do Jake Cooper and Ron Jeremy have in common? They love a screamer. Huh? Hello, Nick. The bomb here. I'm um, four vodkas in now, doubles and all. I told you, didn't I? We are going up, say we are going
1: up. There's only one guy right, mate.
0: Achtung, Milba.
1: So there we are, dear listeners, from the ridiculous to the sublime, so to speak. Um, Three voicemail messages. Big thank you to everyone that left us voicemails. Um, First one recorded in the immediate aftermath of Saturday's debacle at home to to Luton. And then the second two in the aftermath of last night's excellent away win at Bramwell Lane. Um, What's it like being a Millwall fan, eh? Um, Joining me to kick over the traces of such philosophical questions, Michael Avery. Welcome to the show, Michael.
3: Good afternoon, Nick. Uh, thank you for having me. Good to be back on the show. i have not been on for a while, so it's nice to have a... nice to no.
1: We may I'm be sure joined I'm, by Harry Warren sure at, at some I'm stage. Just, I'm, sure,
3: I'm sure you're delighted to hear from me, listeners, aren't you?
1: <laughs> we may be joined by Harry later, but we'll see. Um, in the meantime, we're speaking with Michael. Um, Michael, we were just saying off air um, how enjoyable a game it was. As a game of football last night, I felt it was a real... Um, it was a battle, we brought our, our, our A-battling game, the Millwall game and just as a, as a spectacle as, a, as a, you know, if you can put your, your loyalties to one side I actually thought it was a good game of football last night
3: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why um, I've asked you to come on the show today Nick, or I've asked to come on because normally for the listeners who aren't aware, we've got like a little rota um, for the guests who come on because there's there's quite a few of us now and too many voices, bold of broth but the reason I thought I'd want to come on is because, with all due respect to Harry, he um, he wasn't the most positive, was he, Nick, last night at times during our little chat. And I was trying to sort of work out why he didn't think last night was a good game. He commented on the 10 men and the fact that, you know, we were struggling to break down the 10 men, which, again, is his opinion. He's totally entitled to it. But I've always said as well, sometimes 10 men are harder to play against than 11. And yes, there may not have been as many clear-cut chances Or, you know, neither goalkeeper had to make 20, 30, 40 world-class saves. But as you say, it was really good end-to-end football. There was a lot of um, good tackles coming from Millwall. And that is the classic Millwall away day performance. You play well away from home. You could argue, statistically, a little bit of a smash and grab. But I didn't think it was that game at all, did you?
1: I thought last night's was everything as a performance it was everything that we didn't see on saturday and, and it was a strange thing just before i logged on to the uh, I, I took the i feed because uh the red button i always find to be a fuzzy out of focus just bit like when i do my eye test listeners and i can't see half the letters on the on the on the letter board so i always watch i follow where i can just hd better um, imagery but just before i logged on to that getting to the point there was a, a thing on the official site where i can't remember how many Games prior to getting beat by Luton on Saturday, we'd gone, I think about seven unbeaten in the league. Um, And it just took me back because from my own perspective, um Saturday's performance was awful. There's no no hiding from that. And a lot of the football that we'd seen in the season had been kind of um draws and kind of edgy edgy wins. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. But it certainly hasn't been, um, for some time, we haven't had a sense of Millwall fire in the belly and, and um, you know, the kind of buccaneering approach. I think I called it on, on Saturday. Um, when was the last time we'd seen a buccaneering win by Millwall? Um, well, last night was a buccaneering win by Millwall, um, albeit, and I think possibly this is the nub of the problem. But I think there still is a bit of a problem. It was row at football played in the right way at the right location and with the right spirit. The players delivered for him last night, Michael. Whereas at home at the Den, the uh, the, the the defensive, the suffocation of, of of the game, and then the hit on the break, it isn't um, it isn't something you can do at the Den as as as, as often as has been done. Um, for some time under Gary Rowett. Last night's was a welcome shot in the arm for him, I think, last night's win, because it takes the pressure off him. But we still have to solve this problem of the den, Michael. I mean, I I think last night's was a booster and I enjoyed it and, you know, some good performances, which we'll come on to. But we still have to tackle this issue of taking the game to opposition at the den and winning them because um, that's still a little bit up in the air for me even despite last night. How do you see it?
3: I think to a point that Millwall fans, and we're not trying to alienate or lose listeners or anything like that, I think there's an element where we need to realign expectations. And that's not just from, you know, the fellow who sits in block three screaming and shouting or the bloke in the surf stand who gets a bit lively. I'm talking about mm-hmm. all Millwall fans. Now, Gary Rowett obviously has a style of football. Whether you like it or not, it gets results. You will not get relegated under a Gary Rowett team. The fact that we have been playing so perceivably poor from our opinions, ability of, on the field, but we are 10th. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, give yeah, the expectations. Yeah, yeah. But also as well, I remember a few years back on a, on another podcast, um, not, not one that we're involved with, Steve Morrison was on the podcast and they said a similar question when he was playing under Neil Harris. They said, why, you know, at home do we seem to struggle compared to away? And Steve Morrison, this was when he was in League One and doing well, he was saying, we play a style of football which invites pressure and we hit on the counter or it's a defensive style and then we catch them on the back foot. Now, the reason why I say Millwall fans needs to realign their expectation isn't because from, if Steve Morrison was saying this in seasons when we got promoted and was playing under Neil Harris, this isn't a new thing. This is a way we've been playing now for three, four, five years. We've just had different managers. Perhaps with Rowitt it might seem a little bit more speech marks boring or sort of beige because it's more organised. Neil Harris, as we've always said, Nick, and you've said on the show, was like a cup final way of playing football. Yeah. You've got the results. Hit teams on counterattacks. Counter it was that kind of little bit gung-ho when we was attacking, whereas Rowits is a little bit more steady and defensive-minded. Millwall have played a way of football now where, yes, it might not be pretty, but it gets results, it grinds out results when you need them. I think when you realign your expectation is that is the type of team we are and this is the type of manager we have, would we be more accepting of the results, of the performances, of the way certain teams are playing and the way certain teams are managing? We said a while back, and I said it on the show, Gary Rowe is a modern manager. We are a modern club, modern tactics in a modern game. Is there an element where some of the fans might be that still a little bit too 4-4, too old-fashioned? Possibly. I don't mean to pigeonhole, but it could be it could be that, Nick. It could be that we're not used to boring 1-0s or 0-0s at home. <laughs> you know? I, mean,
1: I, I, I will pigeonhole us all, I think, that we probably are all um, in the blood, um, rightly or wrongly. I mean, I, I think that the idea of Mill being an old-fashioned club is a very real one we're an old-fashioned support in a world that is, is changing, and this is mean, a wider point than just the football that we've been seeing um, recently. Um, I, I, I take that point because I think what Gary Rower is, is, is trying to do with um, a squad, um, how can I put it? Is that is of, it's not of limited value, but I mean, I was just watching Sheffield United play last night, Michael, and even after going down to 10 men, because of the quality of players that they are able to afford, they're not, they're not so highly placed in the table as to be out of sight. But I, I, one thing that really struck me is when they went down to 10 men, like the very best teams can do really well, they still looked as dangerous. They adjusted their tactics to suit that situation. And they got forward and there was a few a few moments of danger. I mean, up until obviously the 90th minute, it, the game was in the balance. You know, it was, it was very much... Um, we were hitting them. We were looking better, which I was pleased to see uh, against ten men. We've, we've traditionally struggled, possibly for the for the same reason that be, our, our players are invariably, with one or two exceptions, um, playing slightly above their level. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't mean to be cruel or disrespectful in that. It's just that often we we our players are um, journeymen with one or two glittering moments. I mean, Jed is our obvious star at the moment, Superman as I called him on, on our newsletter that we sent out today. Um, now, I, I think that Sheffield United, with the, the level of players, Billy Sharp, others have come, I can't think of as I'm speaking, valuable players, signed for big money, bigger money than we, we can bring to the table. Um, they're not long out of the Premier League. Um, we can't compete with that. And I think Gary Rowett's tactics, as much as it is a grind and has been a grind, I, I, I don't think we can escape that. Um, has been a grind. I think that's what induced Saturday. You know, the, the torrent, you would have heard it. Everyone there would have heard it. He would have heard it. Um, fairly or unfairly. I just think that's, that's, um, that's, that's a fact of life. Where does it take us? Uh, very hard to change people's minds. <laughs> if, if you are a dyed in the wall, uh, old school, um you know, uh, supporter like me, like many others, like, like uh, everyone listening to the show, possibly. Um, it's quite hard to shake that, but I do think that the 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 essence of it, what really separated last night's show uh, showing from Saturday, Michael, was the amount the the, the, the players look like they they gave a shit the, the effort they they brought it last night and they didn't bring it Saturday. That's going to be the key for that disparity in resources going forward. Yeah, yeah. and I
3: think as well, even if you look at players like Bradshaw last night, I've. With all due respect, I like Tom Bradshaw as a player on on his day. I do think he has ability and he can finish. There's obviously something where it's not ticked for him recently over the last six, six, 12 months. Yeah. But even he was like running around trying to make an effort. He was trying trying to get into the right spaces. Malone was unfortunate to give away the penalty. It was a clumsy tackle that gave away the penalty. But you could see the frustration in himself amongst his teammates when he gave away the penalty to how thrown his arms around and everything like that. So he cared. Barth, yeah. again, was excellent. Cooper, I'm not going to jump on a bandwagon and say that he is like reborn like Lazarus and come back to what he was, but he <laughs> looked certainly certainly looked a lot better. Um, Savile got a lot more stuck in with tackles than Matt Smith when he did well. What you were saying there about the players that we have, the resources we have, the money we have, I mentioned this to someone recently, right at the beginning of the August transfer window, Gary Rowitz signed um, Ballard, Afobe,
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Daval and Long, wasn't it? Four players.
1: Yeah, over the summer. Yeah, so, that's right.
3: so that started off like that. I may miss one or two out. But I remember it got to a point where he said, if I want to add to this squad, I have to get rid of certain players. players yeah. who have been in too long past SL by a day. Now, with all due respect, I know that he's become a little bit of a laughing stock. Um, and I don't mean to be horrible, but John Daddy Budvarsen, when you are practically driving him down to League One clubs and go, please take him, and they won't take him, and the wages he must be on, how? what can you do if you're trying to buy a player? And like you say with your resources, if you've got a centre-forward who scored 20 goals in the Championship, good luck us ever being able to afford a player like that, because it's not going to happen. So, one of my devil's advocate things with Rowe is, is has he got the best team sort of that he wants at the moment? He's playing, he's playing a sort of five-two-three or a five-three-two, with players who can only play four-four-two. Yes, I know he's had a lot of time to mould the team how he wants to and buy players that he wants to. But again, if two of, two out of three or four of your best players are loanees. In Ballard and a yeah, yeah, what can you do long term? Because we certainly can't keep these players unless a Phobe possibly has some kind of pay cut at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, um, there's a famous phrase that went through my head there was it the, uh, the economics uh, the idea that in the long term we're all dead, so you'll never live in the short term, that's all you've ever got, really. Um, I, I take that, well, that's point. uplifting. <laughs> No, I take that point, but I mean, you know, a manager can only really plan for the season in which he's in. Um, I, there's there's a thing in football, um, people planning for the long term and and even the medium term, which could all twist and turn on a, on 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 one moment or a couple of moments in a game of football, you know, and 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 people get moved on or sacked. You know, we're just looking at um, on a different level today. Newcastle have sacked the most predictable sacking in a lot, Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce is a decent manager, and there are many, many reasons as to why he's not maybe succeeded to the level that Newcastle fans have expected. And the same goes every club. Um, I, th- I think Gary Rowett has a style, I mean, and fair play to him. I mean, he's under a lot of um, a lot of pressure to to um, you know to change things, um, which he may or may not do going forward. He, I think the. The thing is that at the Den, um, the likes of you and I and all the other fans that turn up there fortnightly, um, we, we're going there primarily for entertainment um, and the community side of the club, the catching up with powers and whatever, um, and hopefully you see a Blood and Guts display. Now, Blood and Guts is, isn't always the solution to every single game, but it's, it's a a thing in the Millwall kind of DNA that that's anything less than blood and guts, and you you're being shortchanged. And I think that's why Saturday reached the point that it did because COVID and the lockdown has kind of um, denied us the regularity of, of of comment on on the situation. So it's been a long build-up to finally um, one poor showing, um, and it is what I think it will be one poor showing because. I think that may have been a wake-up call for the players as well. In the end, I mean, I'm 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 a bit of a skeptic on, on 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 tactics because I think you you can read a lot into which system a manager's playing. If in the end, if the players don't bring maximum effort or that there's much effort required to to defeat the opposition, then doesn't matter whether it's four four two or whatever you like, it, it, it's you're not gonna you're not gonna win the day. And I think that that was what we saw against Luton. It was it was players boo everyone's booing Gary Rowett right? and calling him all the, all the names under the sun but it's the players that were failing to deliver for him and mm. yeah that's the essence of football management isn't it you know yeah. um I mean, I, I I thought last night was a marked contrast now for whatever reason whatever rockets have been fired off in the uh, in the dressing room I don't know I mean clearly Danny Mack wasn't featured in the squad um which is a bold um Old decision by by Gary Rose. Been one of the more promising players for some time. He's the he's the man that took Marlon Romeo's place. Um, Ryan Leonard started last night, and as as you've said already, Tom Bradshaw up front. And I, you know, Bradshaw is um, a very willing, but not he's not. I think he's he's at a higher level than maybe might expect to be with us, um, but he gives you one hundred percent. And I think that's what the difference was last night. We got one hundred percent from every single player. I didn't see anyone hiding last night, and that shouldn't be refreshing, but that was refreshing from Saturday.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it was, and and you had, like you said, you had certain players who was not there, you had some players who was out injured, and they all seemed to really put in a shift. I thought it was Leonard at fullback, wasn't it, Um, instead of Mac- McNamara last
1: night? Uh, yeah, he was in that right wing-back position, wasn't he? And Malone yeah. returned, which was good to see, because I, I liked mm. Scott Malone. Um Otherwise, I mean, Bradshaw came in up front, otherwise it was largely the same group of players. Um, but for reasons beyond our understanding, last night we played and we we, we, we put everything into the the system that Rowett set out, and I, I think sometimes you can overplay this 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 um this this tactical thing. If you don't if you don't put hundred percent in, it won't matter what formation you're you're playing. We didn't see hundred percent Saturday, but we did last night. Major difference.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and it's- it's, the frustrating is the wrong word, but it, it it makes you think now what we would be capable of if we put in that sort of level of performance every week. Because Luton, yes, it, it, the, the wheels fell off drastically, but I think this has kind of been building since probably since the Fulham game, really. Um, when they, I mean, Fulham was different in the sense that they absolutely ripped us apart because they were that good. But the following game after that, I believe it was Blackburn, wasn't it? Or around that time, it was uh, around that uh, time. Was the yeah. Blackburn campaign, and yeah. That wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. Um, Blackpool, um, wasn't it? A last minute goal again, um, barely scraped 2 1 win. Bristol City were absolutely there for the taking, and we only beat them 1 0. So, as you say, maybe a sort of follow on from the Luton game. Last night could be the catalyst to actually build something. I'm not saying we go on some miraculous run, but. You know, those draws should start turning to wins a bit more now. And I even thought Matt Smith, when he came on the field, he, he had that header late on in the game that he really had no right to win. Yes. But somehow he managed to twist his body and smash it, and it nearly went into the top corner. So even the players who were coming off the bench, you know, seemed like they want it, or certain players. I still, the squad depth is still obviously an issue, because, um, you know, Aaron's pointed out before, and again, you've got players on the bench there who arguably, would they be able to do a job if they come in onto the field or if someone got injured? Mm. But there's nothing we can do about that at the moment. We've got, what, another sort of... (laughs) You don't want to count down the transfer windows already, but, you know, you've got, what, 10 weeks until the window opens again. But how do you question Ojo? How do you think he played last night? Because I see a lot of things saying that, you know, hike him off, get him off, he's useless, he's in the wrong position. But I think for me personally, it's similar to what Mike Hayden said, you know, when we first signed him. Yeah, he came in as a winger, but we've not really played him as that out and that out winger, have we? Since he's come in, or played him as a winger on that consistent basis?
1: No, I mean he was kind of playing as uh, Jed Wallace's opposite number on the on on the. Uh, Jed's more of a right side, isn't he? Well they they both go wandering, so they can both mix and match right and left. I really like Shay Ojo, Um but then you know I, I read the same stuff that that you do. Um, and i find it quite hard to understand how people can say he's useless he's most definitely not useless he has got a real touch and quality about him um there may be good reasons why he's not he's playing at, uh, for millwall sheep bramall lane and not liverpool in the um in the uh, champions league he and may, yeah i mean you know that that's that, that's football i mean i i i think that from our point of view from our level i mean i I think he's one of the better players I've seen for a, for a good while at, at the Den. You know, in terms of technical ability, I don't know enough about the boy to know um, you know any 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 other aspects of his game. And from what I've seen, he he's got got good quality. Um, he was he came out last night, didn't he? Was it um, was it a was substituted for in the second half? Um, and I but I, I like him. I mean, I, I've, football's a game of opinions, as as the cliche has it. I can't see how um, anyone can say he's useless. I think he can have more effective moments than others but that's in the nature of the kind of the wing-based attacker. I mean, they're always mercurial characters. I mean, I I thought last night, I mean, Bart, I mean, we we just take Bart for granted and, you know, we were saying good defensive performance. Um, There were some really strong saves made by Bart, goal-saving saves, you know, which um, on another day, maybe um, they would have gone in the net. But you know, I think again, he's 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 clearly not. Um, you know, he he's, he has flaws to his. He's not the full, the, the rounded package. But there are flaws to his game. I keep reading about people critiquing his, his kicking, Michael. But maybe you know, people saying other a have a goalkeeper. The, uh, Jules Long might come in and make a better uh, job of it. But you know, those some of those saves that he made last night were behind the reason that we won the game. So I. I I don't get that. I, I, I sometimes, I mean, the expectation of football fans is always boundless, isn't it? Um, yeah. And you know, the resources of the club are not boundless, so there's going to be a tension between the two. Um, I mean, I thought defensively, we looked quite good last night. I thought it was quite a good show defensively. And I come back to the point that we we, we made earlier on. Um, I actually enjoyed it as a game of football. And I think that. In a nutshell, that's what, um, that's why you've watched the game, that's why you follow football. You want to actually come out after a game for the most part, you won't always get it, but you want to come out buzzing with some of the things and the the the, uh, the, the spectacle that you've just seen. And maybe that's the bit that, um, if Gary Rowick can connect with that, get that going more often, he's got a big chance on Saturday at home to Stoke. Then, you know, um, that's that's going to be the way forward. But, you know, you're right. I can't argue with the league position, which is um, pretty good by mill historic standards.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Firstly, without trying to be too dramatic and over the top, anyone who's critiqued Bart, hang your head in shame.
1: Because <laughs> you see it online, though. I mean, I, <laughs> no, just, I know, you know, I know. I'm, you, I'm... you can't um, take it too seriously, but you do yeah. see it, don't you?
3: No, I, I just. But, no, you're right. And I think the problem is, is that. You say and we've said it before, he he does get taken for he does get taken for granted. We expect him to pull saves off every single week. Um, I think that Jed Wallace is the absolute runaway already. Superman, Superman, yeah, Superman for for a of the season. Um already. And we're only to what two months, three months into the season. Um but again, I think if you took Jed out of this side, God forbid he don't go in January, but if you took him out of this squad. But arguably, would be one of the player of the seasons again for a third yeah. consecutive season. Yeah. Um, kicking aside, yeah, he's 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 the real deal. He's the real package, and we've absolutely fell on our um, you know fell on our feet getting a goalkeeper like that because he's he's superb, in my opinion. Um, Good game defense... from um,
1: George Evans, Michael. I thought as well. I mean, it was another player that you know. I think we described him as wishy washy or beige or magnolia or all those kinds of words. But I thought we did okay last night, George Evans in midfield. I thought he, he was more. More in, you know, and, and George Savile, actually, the two Georges both mm. looked on it last night in a way they didn't on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I think I think the critique of George Evans is unfair, <laughs> I'm totally honest. I really, really do. I mean, I know I, we, unfair. I, know been, <laughs> I know I know I know we've mentioned it amongst ourselves, and apologies, it's the but it's <laughs> this the den, exactly, yeah. Um, but I think I think it's unfair because we know his limitations. He, he's very much in that. Do you know who he compares me to? Not positionally, but the way he is—he's very much that sort of Jack Smith role, you know. Yeah, in the sense? The, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. He, he, you just look, he's, Jack, just sit there, <laughs> do what I'm going to tell you to do, and don't do anything else. That's what—that's <laughs> what you get from him. What there was a game I can't remember. I think it might have been QPR first game of the season when we made a late sub, and it was him. And you sort of heard a universal groan around the um, around the stand. But I don't think that was a groan. Evans personally it's the fact that you know that Rowett's not bringing on a player to change a game because Evans can't do that but you you think and this and this is again where sometimes the expectation of Mill fans does surprise me I mean I'm not some oracle of Mill knowledge anyone who listens to this probably thinks I'm a complete idiot sometimes as well I like to think there ain't many of them but there might be some that completely disagree with me but George Evans last season Considering how bad we were playing last season at points, when George Evans come in, how many people are going, well, he's stabled up in the midfield, or he looks steady on the ball. He looks OK. I know he had that bit of a mare at centre-half, but I can't remember if it was against that. Um, but hes but he
1: more have... of a midfield than a defender, yeah. I will give yeah, you Yeah,
3: he, he didn't have a particularly good game um, last season at the back, but I can't really... He, yeah, he's not pulled up any trees, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't say he's been playing poorly this season at all. Give, no, give him a break. Justice for Evans...
1: <laughs> the Savile and Evans midfield seems to be Gary Rowett's preferred two. Certainly at the moment, I mean, Keith and Belt um, seems to have faded from favour. Billy Mitchell, I don't know when we'll ever see Billy Mitchell at the moment because you know he, he seems to have um, faded out of. of That's focus another ball. weird
3: one, isn't it? That's Very, one.
1: Um, you know, I won't flog the Conor Mahoney. Um, where, where, what became of him? But he's, he's disappeared somewhere. Uh, and obviously, last, yeah, last night as it turned out for the, uh, it turned out well for us, but Danny Mac, not even in, on the bench. So and I haven't read anything about that. I mean, I might have missed it listeners. I, I'm not that studious. I follow every single comment on on the, on the, um, on the side, but um, for Danny Mac not to even be in the squad is, is surprising. I think probably the best way you can put it. Um, Alex Pierce sits on the bench. I think they must have like a um a sponsored spot on the bench or something so he never seems to feature other than more, more desperate situations you know um so I, I think it, it sounds churlish in the aftermath of a really good win I mean there's some really good moments last night Jed's skull the um the cross that turned into a shot I mean it's just one of those wonderful moments for the season and then obviously the late late winner from uh from Jake Cooper which was Absolutely buried. I mean, it was one of and those. That's not, uh, let's
3: not forget the chance from Mason Bennett that he he, he missed as well, which could which could have yeah a goal tally. So there was that was another good attack, but that was sorry, very I, I bad luck. Him. Yeah, very
1: very mm-hmm. bad luck on Mason there because I think that he had no time to really react, than I mean, just to get a block on it and and see where it went from the, from that from the impact. Um, no, I, I mean some really standout moments. It was a really enjoyable game. And it was really, really refreshing after Saturday, which was a bit toxic, I must say. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I, I, there's another, another debate. Um, but on to Saturday, Michael, and and we do have a big game against Stoke. And such is the nature of football, we've got to reproduce the same levels that we saw last night at home to Stoke. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, um, just maybe, maybe um, you know, a similar style. I think would would be. You know, if we see the same effort, similar style against Stoke, then I think that would earn the approval of the Den crowd. Because I think if, you, if you're if you not seeing 100% effort, which we didn't last week, then that's when you'll really get problems from a Millwall crowd, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. And it makes it a little bit more difficult because I believe isn't um, a Fobay out because he's on loan from Stoke, isn't it? I
1: suppose he will be, wouldn't he? Although he didn't, yeah. he didn't start last night. So I guess yeah. that will mean a Bradshaw start, I guess. Maybe yeah. Bennett. I don't know. Um... Maybe
3: John Daddy. John Daddy.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Um... That's, how, that's where
3: we <laughs> are. No, um, but no, you're you're right. But hopefully, like we said, you know, we've we've just come off the back of um, three points away against a team who probably are in a slightly false position, you know, with their resources and their family. Well, we're three points like behind
1: uh, Stoke, Saturday's opponents. Now we 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 are, we are quite literally three points off of the sixth spot, the fabled sixth. Um, yeah. you know. Playoff spot. So, um, I suppose Gary Route would point to the statistics, the the league table, the bottom line result is always um, how he's going to be judged. And I suppose football management, as you'll know by now, in his in his career, is never a fairly based um, judged game, is it? No, no. His three hundred and sixty degree annual review is is conducted each week in front of the West Lower. You know, um, but we're actually. After that win last night, that's that's a very decent position to find ourselves in we, we lurch from the lows to the highs at Millwall, Michael, don't we?
3: Yeah, and it goes back to what we said at the beginning. Only at Millwall can you be in tenth position, three points off the playoffs, one <laughs> defeat in ten, and I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Only there at Millwall. There we go.
1: That's, that's Zampers Road syndrome, that's called. Um I wanna say thank you to Michael for hanging around whilst we got this recording going today. Uh, big thank you, mate. And um, uh, we will be back at the weekend after the Stoke City at home to see what you know what new what new hell or what new ecstasies await us at five PM, sadly. Thank you, Michael.
3: No problem, Marie Vidy Mil.
0: Achtung Millwall.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, Extra bonus section of today's episode. I wasn't expecting him to be here, but he is here. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mr. Harry Warren. Welcome, H. Thanks for having me. Sorry Sorry I've slipped in. Working nights, mate. I didn't realise earlier on. Harry's working nights, listeners, and um, he's just literally we got up, man. It's, it's not long. It's four o'clock as we record this. So, um, welcome to the show, Harry. You 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 saw that? What was in the end? Of, I thought an excellent away win last night. How did you see last night's performance, mate?
4: Um, oh, they're two different questions, aren't they? The result mm. and the performance. Yeah. Um, I thought the goal, uh, Jake Cooper's goal, magnificent. Um, to win it, but the questions regarding our manager still stand um in my yeah. opinion, and yeah. that's that that seems ridiculous to say after winning at a hard place to go, but if you actually take the circumstances of the game into consideration, I think we learned what we already knew was re kind of reaffirmed last night.
1: I, I mean, I've, I've, um, this this follows on the recording we did with with Michael earlier on, listeners. So I'm speaking to Harry separately. Um, I, I I think I agree. I mean, what I the main difference that I picked out from Saturday, um, to some extent, I, I don't know if you would agree with this, but to some extent, tactics are fine and dandy, and you know you can debate one system over another, and you know the merits of four four two versus um, 5-3-2 or whatever you want um 523 as as we've got it but unless the players bring 100% to the party it doesn't matter to some level within reason what your formation is because most formations will work after a fashion if everyone's committed to it and saturday last saturday i'm talking about was a debacle because i didn't see enough commitment from the team that took the field um to make it to, to justify whatever you think of, of Gary Rowett's tactics last night, the main difference for me was we, we brought our A game last night, we we committed to it, and there were moments where it was a bit hair and scarum in the second half because I think Sheffield United played well with 10 men. But you know, the commitment and, and the fire in the belly and everything that you look for in a middle team was there last night where it wasn't there Saturday. Do you do do you agree with that?
4: I somewhat agree. I also think that, um, uh, certain games suit us more. The way they play, they play an expensive style of football, which allows mm. us to be our counter-attacking, punching self. Um, you know, the goal, the early goal by Wallace, I mean, the the one that they had called offside, I was watching it on uh, the red button on Sky, um, so I obviously had no no replays. But the, mm. um, the the one that was offside for Wallace that he scored before they, they ruled it out for offside, and then obviously Wallace then scoring the goal that can
1: you
4: know they that makes big difference to sort of games goals change games um it allowed us to sort of steady the ships set off but when they made their change 37 minutes or 35 minutes into the first half and suddenly they started to look like you know a Sheffield United side that were recently in the Premier League and played good football and they've got players there that are all when they went up they played a lovely style that I thought was kind of the blueprint. blueprint rather getting out of this division and I still don't see any difference from that I thought they were good at times last night uh, to be honest even with 10 men they were still out playing us well I I... make
1: this point with Michael the best teams and we've seen when we've played the 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 better sides and cups or whatever if they go down to 10 for some reason um they still look good and I thought Sheffield United did a good job of playing with 10 last night and it was a bit um, touch and go. I mean, we've got to be honest because although we're celebrating a good win on the road. Um, the, the game was in the balance, Harry, um, till fairly late. I mean, that we were getting chances, they were getting chances, and it it's like a basketball way. match,
4: wasn't it? You, it's it not, tactic, it's not technically um, what you want in a football game when I you're going into it. End to end. I oh, it's it. great, it's great to watch it. Absolutely great. I mean, I'd rather not being funny or anything. I know we'd be moaning about boring Gary, but I mean, if boring Gary does that all the time, I won't mind. Even if we get beat sometimes, you know, at least it's exciting, mm. and it's entertaining. I mean, we had chances we missed. I think. Uh, Ojo was dreadful. Um,
1: I don't know. Yeah, you didn't like him last night, Harry, did you? I, 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 I like him as a player, but you didn't see, you didn't, you, you were, you oh, were saying exactly. on the group chat, you didn't like him last night. Oh, I thought he was dog shit.
4: I, I, I won't beat around the bush. I, I thought he had an absolute mare last night. I don't understand how he lasted as long as he did. Um, I think. The, the substitutions Gary Rowe ended up making very late on, but you've got to give him credit when they work. They did work. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that by hook or by crook. I mean, even a stop clock is right twice a day. But you know, the, the you've got to give him credit. Um, but neither one of those substitutions scored the goal. It was a goal by. By Jake Cooper. I mean, I don't know what he was doing there. I don't know what got into Jake Cooper's head. Uh, I mean, I've never seen him hit a ball like that. I don't know if you've ever seen him hit a ball like that. And it just. He, was,
1: spectacular. he went through a phase when Gary Rabbit first came to us of getting forwards. Um, doing the unexpected, I think probably that's the best way we can we can put it. It was, it was, it was in places he wouldn't expect to normally be as a centre-back. And I thought he was trying to get back to that last night. I don't know if any of the players listen to our show. I, I like to think they all do and they all weigh it all up because I think we've been saying about the early period, of Gary Rowett, um, when Jake and the like would get forward, and even Sean Hutchinson would get forwards and do create weird situations that are totally unexpected. And I think that was in that mould last night, that that strike from the edge of the D was put away brilliantly. I mean, you know, you can't expect it every week of him, but it was a yeah. plum of a plum, wasn't
4: it? Yeah, I mean he shifted it from he shifted that from the left hand side and go all the way back right. I mean, if if, if Bradshaw it's that or Jed it's that, you know, you're probably giving it even more credit, you know what I mean yeah. it's yeah, one of those yeah, that
1: yeah,
4: yeah. that you talk about. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought they last night they they managed the game well in situations. We've got to mention Bart because I thought Bart was fantastic last night, um yeah. as well. Um, yeah. As usual, um, I thought the penalty by Malone Scott Malone looked a little bit off the pace, but he's coming back from injury, obviously, and Scott Malone will be fine. But I didn't think he had a great game. Um, but yeah, all in all, you know, it, it sounds sort of I don't know, sort of sour grapes for me to be turning around and saying I wasn't impressed. I, I was impressed that we won. I think there was still things that can be improved on, and again, we know we are quite good away from home he well, is this it, from home
1: this is solving the den problem and it's strange for it to be a problem but it is a problem because a home form has been um at best patchy and i think the the question marks Okay, well I mean we will point at the league table, which um, which I think we sit in tenth position. I was looking earlier, I think it's tenth position. Mostly three points off the playoffs. <laughs> um it's, you know.
4: it's, I don't know if that's I think that's damning with faint praise. I think the league's quite bad. That's that's what that's telling me. The league is I mean,
1: shit. it is um, what it is. I mean you, you, you can only you can only turn out in the league that you're in. How many I mean, wins yeah. we won?
4: How many games we won this season? Uh, three. We're
1: now on four. four, four. one One-four. play 13. Uh, play thirteen, one four. Uh, drawn six obviously and, and lost three, um, which would include a debacle on Saturday. I mean, there was an unbeaten run prior going into. I was saying to Michael how when I was uh, clicking on the I follow link last night, because I can't bear that red button malarkey. Um, but the one of the paragraphs I was just looking at was how we we'd, uh, prior to Saturday, um, we'd gone seven, I think, unbeaten in the league, which yeah. is a fact. You know, you can talk about the performance. Two wins. But-
4: Five so, draws.
1: as you know, Harry. I mean, football—you are judged on the bottom line, and that's the result at the end of the day. What do you bring in? And you know, Gary Rowett, the case for the defence would point at the league table and say, tenth position, wherever we finish in the, in the season. But to be in tenth position is a historically good performance by Millwall Football Club standards. So, um, that's 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 think, the that's the conundrum of football management, isn't
4: it? I I agree. I think the the, the fact is though that tenth although not historically a Millwall finishing position has become what is expected. And mm. uh, you've got to yeah. understand yeah. that, that football fans always want progress and to finish, where was it eighth, the first season, then the relegation battle with Harris, then where do we yeah. finish under row at the next season, ninth, 10th, something like that. Then last in the last two seasons, the COVID affected seasons have been steps backwards. um, and again, somewhat, this doesn't really feel until probably last night. I, I didn't feel like I'd got any, there was no Twitter um, overstatement. There was no Millwall-ness, mad run beginning. No, no. And I don't think you're going to get that with Gary Rowett. I don't think he instills um, me anyway with mad Millwall, um, fuck it, but the Wembley tickets, but the coach tickets, we're, we're going to Wembley kind of thing. Um I don't think... And I, I, I still don't think we're, we'll make the playoffs, um, regardless being... I mean, who who knows?
1: I mean, the, the things with statistics. I mean, I've just, just quoted those 10th position, blah, blah, blah. Um, that does disregard some pretty poor performances, although the results, the draws, in, you know, you can see a draw one, in one two ways. But, but the den doesn't erupt like it did on Saturday. I know you weren't there, H, but anyone that's listened to the previous show will hear it. It doesn't, really doesn't erupt like that without due calls and you know in fact I think in in recent years and I include Holloway and I include to some extent Lomas and, and um and and long while ago Spackman but um the then crowd is actually disproportionately patient it wants to be loyal it wants to back the team and yeah. to get to that point you know the cliche the, the stereotyped image of a Mill fan is, is, is someone that you know has way higher expectations but you don't get to Saturday's point without some calls and i think that to ignore those causes is, is is not um it's not putting a fair picture out there so no, I, there's a problem still to be solved.
4: yeah i'd agree i mean i'd ask listeners to actually go back and um look not necessarily of of this season or even this season because there'll be some that would have missed the Barnsley game but go go back and look at the last time you saw millwall win in person not on ifo though Mm-hmm. Or not on, not you know, not via social media or whatever, or watching it on your phone or a dodgy stream, but actually either at the den or an away ground somewhere. If you actually go back, I haven't seen them win in person this season, I haven't seen them win in person for a long, long time. Um, yeah. and that's not you know, uh, what have I done? I've missed two home games this season. Um, and I don't really, didn't really go in the Carling Cup due to work commitments, and I was at two weddings. Just how life is at the moment of catching yeah, yeah, up yeah. With, with social engagements, um, yeah. and maybe some listeners are the same. But I, I, I can't remember watching me all like the QPR game start of the season. Went QPR away. You should have won that game. Never, ever should not win that game. You know, there, there's moments in seasons. I, it reminds me slightly of the uh, if this does go well. I mean, I can accept. I can accept not winning at the Den. Um, I can, as long as the football was entertaining. But the football is boring and bad, and, and the results are bad. You know, you can accept good football when bad and bad results are a lot easier to swallow. And some mm. people will go, "Well, they're, they're, the, they're the same side." of was um, the, the, yeah. the, the coin, but it, but for me, the the, the no, primarily uh, primarily the Den is there to entertain me. It is to be the event. It is there to have its it's moment and it hasn't been the den for quite some time. So that's,
1: that's a good point. I mean, I, I said to Michael on, on the show earlier on, what was really refreshing, for from for me, last night was I actually enjoyed watching. That was a game of football. Mm. It was it was you know you can pick up it's championship level football. It's not the contrast was you know with, on the other channels you have got um, European Champions League football. So you're not you can't compare quality, but you can compare effort and, and sheer entertainment value. And I enjoyed that last night. And yeah, it helps to to win it with a late um, strike by you know an unlikely um, player, Jake Cooper. But you you have to. The reason that you follow football primarily, in my opinion, is a, a weird combination of of loyalty and a desire to be um, uplifted in some way. And last night I enjoyed watching as a game of football, which and that is refreshing. And that's what I want to, I don't know if Gary Rowett listens to our show. He might do, might he? Um, but that's that's the, that's the kind of secret ingredient that I wanna, want him to grab onto because... I know he's judged on results, H, but, and the bottom-line the bottom line lead table position, but you've got to send your punters home wanting more, and that's not what's been happening for some time. No, time.
4: he is um very much... I'd, I'd describe him as the, the, the old-school Tesco value sort of burger. <laughs> you know, it, it is a burger, but it, it ain't really a burger. You know what I mean? It's a, it's McDonald's slash burger thing it is not, you know... um But that's how it's been. It's, um, and the thing is, is that football fans now in this, in this generation for all the bollocks that FIFA come out with and, and UEFA and all the others in the Premier League, especially for the kids, you know, you look at the, um, it's not cheap to go to Millwall. Let's, let's get no, it right. Let's it isn't. Go. It isn't.
1: Actually.
4: Um, no, no. And it, you know, this is only going to increase. You've got the ULES coming and, and all these other additional factors that people have to factor in, you know, there's cuts to universal credit and, uh, and all sorts, and it will be a hard winter yeah. and, and, and people will make their decisions based upon what they feel is value for money. And, the den is, the bread and butter, the den has to be an entertaining place to go and watch your football. Otherwise, people will not go and watch the f- and spend their money.
1: It's funny, um, total tangent. I'm going to go off on there, dear listeners, but I was watching yesterday, there was a video on YouTube and it popped up and you know, they have algorithms that generate things that might interest <coughs> you. And um, it was it was like a, a ground review, but done by two, they're, they're okay guys, but they're a bit I think they were from East Anglia, sort of East Anglian nerdy types. You oh know?
4: yes, I know the uh, type well.
1: <laughs> and I, <laughs> they they came down. They're doing like a, a review of the '92, but as grounds to visit, not not a club-based um, thing. It's just yeah. what's it what's it like to go to um, the Emirates Stadium or, or, or West Ham or, or, or now the one they did was Millwall, and they ch- deliberately chosen Millwall versus Cambridge in the in the EFL Cup because I think. They were a bit scared of the reputation of coming to the den on a match day, but they were weighing up things like value for money, atmosphere, and all the rest of it. And as I say, these, these were okay guys. You you can you can take the take the piss out of what they're doing. But one of the things they actually said and they commented on was the home ticket normally costing £29. And I said, Wow, that's that's that seems like a lot compared with I don't know what other venues they've done, but they just commented that seemed like a lot of money for the level of football that they're watching. Which comes back to your point, And I've got a long, long way to get to it because yes, you do in the center of in the center of one of the great cities of the world with plenty of other things to do on a Saturday afternoon. You, you've got a way up. How buzzed do you feel when you leave the ground afterwards? And that's what was missing. That's all missing Saturday. And it's been missing for a few fixtures. Didn't have it. I mean, it was, it was a good game last night, so I, I can't complain at last night's show. But um, that's I, got to be captured somehow. I mean, I've,
4: I'll make no bones about it. I've slagged the club this season in our group chats for being more style over substance on on Twitter and and other social media platforms um, regarding you know very good to get involved in these things, but a, a lot of a lot of talk, not a lot of action, would be the way that I I count the club, um, uh, and. The, the benefits from that survey last season. What was it? Most of our supports over the age of 25 or, or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Most of um, our listeners
1: are blokes age 35. Yeah. yeah, five.
4: yeah. <laughs> All these statistics. They have these statistics. And it makes me, it makes me not angry. That's the wrong word. It makes me concerned. The club don't take these, take these ideas seriously. There are fat, like, you know, there are games in this division that we are not going to sell out. There is absolutely no way. Mm. Um, you know, I wouldn't pick. I wouldn't pick Cardiff on a Saturday afternoon to to invite the kids down. But you know, maybe get... even
1: Luton.
0: <laughs> yeah, or, or even
4: Luton. Luton. <laughs> but you know, I mean, there are clubs that are not gonna be are not gonna be games. You've got all that yeah, yeah. space underneath the away ground. Flip it round, put the away fans down the bottom for the ten that they're gonna bring. You know, and invite the kids. You know, that he said. It's a poor area. Invite the kids make them want to come to our club. You know, throw them a free from last season's shirt rather than throwing it in the in the bargain bin for a fiver. Most Millwall fans aren't gonna aren't gonna will pay the twenty nine quid. But you, it's so short sighted to think that that is sustainable going forward with bad football at the den, you know, you do it out of a sense of misguided loyalty because that's all football is. It's, it's, it's going back to the ex that hurt you every Saturday and pretending (laughs) that they haven't. That is football in a nutshell, isn't it? Um, And, and, and and we all hope that we're going to get our, our, our our happy ever after, which is an image
1: to leave. leave It is,
4: is is promotion to the premier league. Otherwise, what are we, I know most Millwall fans, you've had your, you're happy ever after moment, but for people of my age, I mean, what am I? Uh, Thirty one. So i I was born in the season that we got relegated from the old first division. Yeah. So anyone who's my age and younger has never seen us hit dizzying no. heights. And it's like we, are, we, yes, we are, yes, we are now. You, we are now you. We are now you. When you when you thought it would never happen, we are now you. So please spend some
1: money and make it happen. <laughs> the myths and legends of King Arthur's Round Table, and when, when we all got promoted to Division One, Harry, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there, mate, because I'm I'm, I'm a bit of a time. I'm actually going out tonight, listeners. I'm going to see Ed Byrne at Blackheath tonight, so um, I'll Ooh. get this out before I, I couldn't get it edited before I go out about 60. So I'm gonna call it quits there with H. But a, a lot of what you've said, Harry, is really interesting, and I wanna I've actually been weighing up a podcast on modern football um how it is now and where our dear little old-fashioned club stuck in 1975 uh, might fit into it because I think <laughs> it's actually that's your big question everything you've touched on um about you know um, entertainment and, and other stuff like that is really really important and yet you know i don't know that um any of us think deeply enough about it so, anyway, I'm going to say thank you to Harry for rousing himself. Um, I can't wish you a good evening because you're going to work tonight, H. So, um, try be. and do your best and hopefully you can have a listen back to the show when, you, when you're on the... Uh, I will the, do.
4: I will quickly plug. A, um, I know that you're a bit of a. i um, a I've seen you at a baseball ground. You have yeah, a, photo of you. a photo. I love
1: a game, yeah, yeah. There
4: is a podcast called The Run which talks about the um, Cubs... 107 year curse of never winning a World Series. And it's done by Major League Baseball. And it's really good from the background of what it's like to be a club that underachieves. And it slightly touches on stuff of us. They, they, The fact that you know people have lived their entire life 107 years they hadn't got to a world (laughs) series since 1945 and there was people at 71 years and had never never been there and you've got you know the pictures of people crying in in the stands and they won it with a pinch play and uh to get even to get to the world series not even to win it and um yeah it's just very very good the run
1: so it's it's based around the chicago cubs it's called the run yes mlb Podcast.
4: yeah just go on just search the run on um on Studio itunes and see it's there there we go
1: fantastic thank you for that harry i will i will listen to that mate so i'm gonna love you all listeners thank you harry thank you for tuning to the show i'm gonna try and get it edited and knocked out um in a hurry so um dirty millwall thanks harry no problem thank you for listening to ask if you enjoyed the show please to Apple podcast and leave
2: us a Kind of mm-hmm. Till next time.
3: Who do you want to watch? <laughs>